Welcome to Money Lab. My name is Matt Jim Leblonsky. No, that's not right. I'm not. I'm not Polish. At least I don't think I am. I haven't done a 23andMe. My name is Matt Givanisi. Hi, welcome to Money Lab. We're back. Another episode. I'm here with Chris. He's over here, man in the station with me. Say hello, Chris. To the, say hello to the good folks out there. Hello, good folks out there. There you go. Yeah, finish your. Hey, yeah, you could be brighter too. I could be. You yeah, could be brighter. I'm, it's a little close on my face, but we're good. All right, it's fine. Um, this, this is only for the the private community, anyway. Like, only the people in Money Lab Pro are even seeing our beautiful faces. Exclusive, exclusive. Um, but this podcast, the audio version of this, is going live to everybody now. Uh, I can just keep rambling about things, and I would love to. I would love to not talk. About business, I could talk about. Nope, let's talk about business because I have nothing else to talk about. That's all I've been doing all week. Um, this episode, I want to go over the six SEO tools that I cannot run my business without. Now, uh, I get asked uh, about my tech stack all the time. In fact, I wanted to call this uh, like my tech stack because that's what I refer to it as. But um, I was talking to Steph, and she's like, "No one knows what a tech stack is." It's like developer shit. Um, so I'm going to go over those six tools with you. And I'm going to just rattle them off real fast. right? I'm just going to read them off my Asana task uh, that I wrote for this episode. And then we're going to go break down each one. And I'm going to show you exactly how I use them in my business. right? Uh, the first one, we'll start with Ahrefs. That's my keyword research tool and my keyword tracking tool. I use WP Engine. Uh, for my hosting company. And I'm also going to include Cloudflare with that. I think they have to work hand in hand. Uh, really good fast hosting, really good fast caching, aggressive caching. And I'm going to show you how I do all that. Um, then we have WP Rocket, which is a plugin that I use for WordPress. I'm also going to pair that with Imageify. They're made by the same company. That's for compressing images. And this is all about speed. I'm also going to throw in Carbonate, but that's just kind of a, I mean, everyone knows I have Carbonate. Um, then the fourth is headline analyzer, which is a fun tool for in, in improving your CTR, your click-through rate on the Google SERPs search engine results page. Uh, then I have clear scope or I'm going to give you a backup here. Clear scope is pretty a little pricey. Um, and honestly, it's, it's becoming so pricey that I'm not sure, uh, it's worth it, but I'm going to add it in this anyway. We have uh, ClearScope and Phrase, which is spelled with an F. So it's F-R-A-S-E. Uh, and that's, well, I'll explain what those two tools do. And then finally, AI, baby. We're, I'm using Jasper for writing better descriptions and intro hooks for my posts. Again, to improve click-through rate and improve reader retention. So we're going to go through all of this. I'm going to start now. I'm, now I apologize for the uh, audio listeners out there, I highly recommend you join Money Lab Pro by going to moneylab.co slash pro. Um, but it, we're going to show a lot of screenshots in this one. Um, and so I just kind of want to just point that out. So I'm going to do my best to describe what I'm seeing on screen as we do this episode, um, just so you know. Uh, I'm just going to ask before we go any further, have you heard of any of these tools? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't listening to all of them, but I definitely heard of Jasper. Uh -huh. uh, I've used Imageify before. 
Um, and then any of the SEO tools. I mean, I don't yeah, like no, you don't do SEO. Yeah. SEO stuff. Yeah. So you'll be a real valuable asset to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody's here for my commentary anyway. Yeah. 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 No, we, we know why people come. We know why people listen. We know why people download. We know why you're on the treadmill. You're not there to work out. You're not there to lose weight. You're there to listen to me. <laughs> listen to Chris at his commentary. Anyway. Um, all right. So let's pop over to the screen here and, and I'm showing HREFs and I'm going to show, um, kind of how I use it. Now, HREFs is a keyword research tool, and I get this question all the time. Uh, is it worth it? Should I be paying $100 a month? Because, yeah, it's kind of expensive, right? Should I be paying $100 a month, especially if I'm just getting started? Or if you have, um, you know, if you, I would say, look, it, it took me a very, very long time to invest in this software, and I'm glad that I did because I'm like, oh, I should have been investing in this software since like the day I started my website or some sort of keyword research tool. Now, way back in the day, there was Moz. Moz has always existed, I think, as soon, since I had a website. Um, I guess to, I don't know if Moz started in 2006, but maybe it's 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 old enough. So I think is absolutely of all of the expensive tools that I'm going to talk about. And not all of them are expensive. Some of them are, are very cheap. Um, but they're all paid tools, right? I'm pretty sure. Let me just double check. I feel like Imageify yeah. is probably cheap or free. Uh, Imageify, there are free versions. And WP Rocket, there are free versions. And um, Jasper, there are no free versions. But I guess ChatGPT is similar. And that's free right at this moment of recording it. But I don't know how long that's going to be for. Um, and Cloudflare is free. So there are some free things. But... Uh, you know, this is probably up there with the, it's not the most expensive tool, although it can be uh, depending on like how much you use it. But I use it for four websites and I pay a hundred bucks a month and I actually pay for the annual subscription. So it's a little bit cheaper. I think it's like, you know, they give you a percentage off or whatever. I seriously regret not using this since the day I started my website. Seriously. So if that's an indication of like, is this amount worth it? Kind of. And again, when we're talking about like an online business and doing SEO, and I know it's like we're just getting started, do I want to spend $1,200 a year on this software? And it's like, I mean, for the year, that's a pretty small investment if you're making, you know, at minimum $3,000 a month, right? It's like, it's it's a very small percentage of that. Um, on top of that, we have hosting and all the other, other things. But this tool, if you are serious about getting traffic via Google or even YouTube, then you kind of have to have it. Now, there are free workarounds and things, right? There's there's tools that are completely free. I understand that. They all have their paid versions, by the way. Um, I don't just use this tool as a keyword research tool, even though that's exactly what it's for. There's a couple of other things I use it for. Now, I'm going to show you just a real quick demonstration of what I would do for Money Labs. So in this case... Um, actually, do I even have, let's go over to the keyword explorer. So these are all the things we had. It has, a, it has multiple tools within a tool. It's a suite of tools. And I used to call it a sweet suite of tools, uh, because they used to be a sponsor way back in the day and I still love them. So, um, the keyword explorer tool allows you to build a keyword list of, you know, whatever you want. Now, this is great because it's like, okay, let's say I want to build a keyword list off the phrase email marketing. This is one way that I use it. I'll literally just type in the biggest, fattest phrase, right? The biggest, most obvious niche phrase and go, cool, affiliate marketing. Wow, 
Uh, keyword difficulty here says 91 out of 100, super hard, but 14,000 you know, searches a month. But I, what I'll do is on the left-hand side, I'll go over to matching terms and I will sit here and I will scroll through all of these. I'm not even gonna filter them. I can, and I just look for, look at this. This is a, uh, I look for low keyword difficulty numbers. So anything, you know, that's, they, and they're all color coded by the way. So they're kind of like a stop sign. So green means go, red means stop. And then they have yellow means, it's kind of difficult, whatever. So they have one for like email marketing Wix, uh, Moonsen benefits of email marketing. I don't know what the hell that means. So like some of these I look at and go like, I am familiar with my industry. I know this is not gonna work for me, whatever. I just keep moving on and I find keywords that I add to a list. I just start with a keyword list here. You can add them to a list or you can add them to a rank tracker, which is the next thing I'm gonna talk about. But with a keyword list, that's what I'm trying to do. Whatever industry I'm starting or if I'm you know, doing a new batch of keyword research for any of my websites, I will start here. I will enter in my big, fat, broad keyword and manually just walk, look at every single keyword and just, should I add it to the list or not? And, and, and if I'm on the fence about it, I can decide that later, but I just add it to a list, it's nothing, right? Now, the second way you can do keyword research is you could type in someone else's website. So in this case, let's type in, uh, oh man, I don't even know who to type in here. Let's type in ConvertKit. ConvertKit.com, let's see what they're ranking for. They're ranking for their own stuff. Probably, am I even typing the right? It did. All right, so yeah, there's, they're not really ranking for anything, um, but you can type in uh, different people's websites. So I'm trying to think, let's, let's just go to Google and let's type in, um, let's type in email marketing. And let's just look at who's the top, who's the top dog? Oh, MailChimp. Optin Monster. Okay, cool. Let's go to, let's go to Optin Monster. Let's just pull the URL. We're going to go back to Hrefs. We're going to stick it in the, uh, oh, we're going to stick it in the, oh, I did it in the wrong one. Sorry. I was in Keyword Explorer. We have to go to Site Explorer and type in that, type in that. All right, so then we're in the site explorer and then we can go over to, you know, we can see how well optinmonster.com is doing. They got a DR, which is a domain rank of 88 and it's pretty high. So let's go over to the sidebar where that says organic keywords and let's see what they're ranking for. So this is what I call competition research as opposed to keyword research where keyword research is you basically taking a broad niche and saying, okay, let's uh, just see what's out there like based on this one fat keyword, right? And this, it's a little bit more targeted. You can find, you could go and Google that fat keyword, see who's ranking for it and go, okay, these are, um, these are, these are my competitors for this particular phrase, right? Or for this particular topic. And so once you have that, then you could put their information into Ahrefs and see what they're ranking for and give you completely new keyword ideas that are not, that don't have the phrase email marketing in them, right? Um, so we could look at what they're ranking for, like best email subject lines might be a good topic that we wanna cover on our site. And so I would click this little plus button next to that and add it to my keyword list that I was building for whatever, you know, if I, again, if I'm doing it for Swim University, Money Lab, or Brew Cab and any of my brands, I would just add that to a keyword list and it's always ongoing, right? So uh, that is what I do there. Now, um, 
The other thing is once I have this really big keyword list that I'm working with, right, then I will start to create content on that and we can get, that's a whole different topic. So once I'm creating content on that, then what I can do is I could say, okay, I created content around that keyword. I move that keyword to my rank tracker. And within rank tracker, uh, if we go back, let's see. Let's go, I'm sorry, I'm just clicking the back button here all the way to, where were we? <laughs> uh, one more, yeah, one more, okay, here we go. Um, so we're back at Money Lab and we can go to, oh, of course it's not gonna be on this page. Anyway, let's go, let's go back to the friggin' dashboard. Let's go over to tracked keywords. So this is where it's like, it's called rank tracker. These are the tracked keywords. So anything that I've come up with in my keyword list, I've written a article about, right? I've used plugins for that to like, you know, oh, I, you know what? I didn't add this, but I'm going to add this kind of like randomly. So maybe it's seven. Um, <laughs> I don't know why the hell I didn't add this. Uh, but there are plugins for SEO specifically, and I'll talk about those later. Um, so I'll, I'll write the article, I'll publish it, and then I'll go, okay, this article is published, it's live, I'm going to track to see how well this is doing. Now, what you're looking at here is me tracking all of the keywords for Money Lab, which I don't really do SEO on, so I'm not going to see any progress here. But if I were to show you one of my other sites, you would see progress. Um, and so I'll look and say, okay, yeah, this keyword's ranking number one, great. How long is it ranking number one? If does it start to dip? It's gonna track it and refresh it. I think it's like every 30 days and it'll see where how it moves throughout the SERPs. And so if I see a keyword start to drop, I can go in and then optimize that keyword. So that's hrefs. There's a bunch of other stuff that I do there too, which is, a, again, we could cover hrefs in an entirely different episode. Um, there's a content explorer, there's a site audit, which I run every single day. So every single day, this program goes and crawls my entire site and makes sure that like I have alt tags filled out. I have, you know, good HTML structure. I have no more orphaned content, things like that. Uh, broken links, it does all of that stuff. Now, uh, the second tool is WordPress. Nope, it is WP Engine, so WordPress Engine. They're all, it's all, it's all WP, right? Um, I'm not gonna go into detail about this too much. It's just a hosting platform. But the reason I bring it up for SEO is because with hosting, um, I, again, hear this all the time, which is like, <sighs> I don't wanna pay a lot for hosting. Okay, why don't you wanna pay a lot for hosting? Because $35 a month is not a lot for hosting. I, there's a lot of other hosting companies out there that are like $2 a month. You see that like Bluehost, HostGator, iPower, if that's even still a thing. These are all hosting companies I've used in the past. And all of them have disappointed me to no end. I mean, it's just been the most awful thing ever. Because I remember recently I was out to breakfast one day. I was on HostGator, I believe, at the time. And I'm out to breakfast and I just, you know, I just, I don't know. Somebody went to the bathroom and I was sitting there bored. I was on my phone, checked my email. Guess who, guess what email I get? Your websites are down. Why? Why are my websites down? I've done nothing. I'm at breakfast. I didn't do any coding. I, I didn't touch the websites. And when I call HostGator, they're like, 
I don't know. We don't do WordPress. We don't know anything about your site. So they're like, okay, uh, you know, what do you do? What do you do with that? And basically I had to go home and like learn, fix it. And, and it, it wasn't something I did. It was something that somebody else did on their server. So it wasn't even my fault. That shit don't fly. That's awful. That's horrible. So I'm going to pay an extra, oh my God, 30 bucks a month to get a company that is actually going to take care of me when my shit goes down, right? Somebody that can actually talk to me and be like, hey man, my pro something's wrong with my website. And they're like, let me go check. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, it was this. I fixed it for you. Thank you. But it's like up 99.9% .9 of the time. And that's what I'm, that's what you're paying for, right? Plus the customer service of people that actually know how to use WordPress and will actually log into your WordPress and go, oh, it's this plugin that you downloaded, you idiot. Like you shouldn't have used that plugin. Sorry, I'm getting upset because <sighs> pay for pay for hosting. Just pay for it. It is not expensive. I use WP Engine. There's Kinsta. There's I don't know a bunch of other ones, but they're managed uh, WordPress hosting. Do it now. On top of that, I recommend to use Cloudflare. I'm not even going to pull it up on the computer because there's nothing really to pull up besides you know just get it and use it. It's a DNS hosting thing, and again, I think Cloudflare and and, and the hosting setup. I could do an entire video on that right, and how to set that all up. But I don't wanna do that, I'm just telling you what works for me. The reason why I use Cloudflare is because it's aggressive caching and it and it distributes my website across a broad network instead of it all going to, I guess, wherever WP Engine is located in Texas somewhere. So it's free, you add it in addition to your hosting and it makes sure your website's up all the time. So it's a backup even to WP Engine. And it's free. It's free and it takes two seconds to set up. Now you can pay for a version and do some aggressive, like. <laughs> Good job, Siri. I bet you no one heard that either because the microphone's so powerful, but, or so, so isolated. But anyway, yeah, Siri's like, I, I don't, what's Cloudflare? I'm like, you were the smart one, not me. Anyway, so uh, yeah, use Cloudflare because it's free and it's, going to be a backup to your WP engine and you can do really aggressive caching. It's a CDN. It's just, it's just going to be for good page speed. Now, um, real quick, I want to just double check why I didn't add, I I'm such an idiot. Like, I don't even know why I missed it and why this. All right. So I'm going to go, I'm going to show you this on my website. This is on money lab, which is the same I use everywhere else. These are all the plugins that I use, okay? When it comes to SEO, there are two plugins that I recommend. I recommend Yoast SEO and Rank Math SEO. Um, I don't really have a preference either way. I think they're both equally good. Rank Math has some more features and it's free and so is, so is Yoast. Um, but there's just like one thing it doesn't do, which it will maybe do in the future, which is work with other plugins to display stuff. But that's like a whole nother topic. Um, but if it, whatever you vibe with, just go with that one. I can't tell you one's better over the other because they both kind of do the same stuff in different ways. Um, but at least have one of those plugins installed. You can't really run a WordPress website without an SEO plugin installed. It's not like inherently built for SEO. Um, so, so, those are the two plugins I recommend. Now, on top of that, uh, I just want to see real quick where I'm at here. Ah, uh, yes. We're going to 
uh, jumping on the conversation about having good hosting, which means uh, and having good Cloudflare DNS management and CDN stuff, right? Content delivery network. Uh, the this is this is really like not only about having like a team in place, like a you know a dev team in place when shit goes wrong, but it's also about having a really fast website. And I think a really fast website is important for SEO. Now I've gotten people who have argued with me that focusing too much on page speed is a detraction from you know what else you could do, right? Other things that you could improve, like your content. I'm like, well, sure. Let's let's be real. If if your content sucks and you're trying to improve speed so that you could deliver faster, shittier content, well then you're an idiot. Um, but if you're if you if you're like I have good content and you want to leg up on your competition, make your website faster than theirs. It's actually not that hard to do. I'm going to show you how to do it. Uh, it's not that hard to do. And why wouldn't you want your website to be faster for people visiting your website? Like it doesn't make any sense to not focus on it. But the problem is is that I think. People focus on it, but they actually don't know what they're doing. And so it becomes this frustrating thing, especially if they've built this site and they've added all these plugins and it's their site is incredibly slow. And they're like, all right, all we have to do is speed it up just a tiny little bit. I'm going to show you that tiny little bit, that little thing that you could do right now to make your website faster. Even if you had the world's shittiest hosting and you weren't using Cloudflare and you had a million and a half dumb plugins slowing down your website and you had the worst theme of all time, this one plugin should give you that little extra edge, all right? And that plugin is called WP Rocket. Now I'm actually gonna go ahead and show you my settings for WP Rocket really quickly, all right? Now again, sorry for the podcast listeners out there. And this may change, uh, you know, because it's software and, and things change. But basically, I cache my site, mobile cache it, I user cache it, um, I minify my C CSS, which is, this is all just settings, right? These are all settings within WP Rocket. I combine my CSS files, I optimize a delivery for them, I, uh, I don't minimize my JavaScript files, although that, I don't have that many but I definitely defer the loading and I delay the execution of those, which helps with speed. For media, I enable that for images, so it lazy loads images and I lazy load videos. If you are embedding videos on your website and your website's slow, you turn this on and you will have a fast website because embedding a YouTube video on your website will absolutely slow down your site because YouTube adds so many extra JavaScripts and other code that it, you really don't need. And so what lazy loading a video does is it actually takes a screenshot of your thumbnail and adds a little play button. And then it sticks it on your website as a lazy loaded image. But then when the user clicks that image, it loads the actual embedded YouTube video. So for, in, for fast load times, it's great. And then usability, it still feels like you hit play and it, and it plays. So it feels no different to the user. It just makes your website load that much faster. To me, that is a huge game changer. And it's and it's part of a plugin that yes, costs money, but it's like, it's a yearly expense and it's relatively cheap and it'll make your website very quick. Um, the only other thing I would do here is if you were, there's this uh, um, section called preload. And if you are using Google fonts or any sort of external like fancy fonts, which, uh, yeah, I, 
I don't really do on, on Money Lab. I just use kind of web safe fonts like Arial. Like everyone has Arial on their computer. Um, so I, if you're using a Google font, you can put in the path of that font and preload it, which will make loading those fonts faster. A little tiny thing. It also in the background, it'll it'll it does this thing called heartbeat control where it um, cleans up your database files and it cleans up you know your revisions and all this stuff that like WordPress sort of um, creates and it kind of just does like housekeeping behind the scenes to keep your website blazing fast. WP Rocket is awesome. Now, if you use that in conjunction with Imageify, what Imageify does is it compresses images on the fly. So as you upload them to your website, right, whether it's PNG, JPEG, whatever, it doesn't do SVGs because they don't need compressing. But JPEGs and PNGs, even GIFs, I'm sure, or GIFs, whatever you want to call them, um, as you upload them to your WordPress backend, right? What it does as I, and I believe this is how it works. It takes that image, sends it to their cloud processing, processes it, compresses it, brings it back down. And now you're serving compressed files. So if you upload an image that is like a megabyte, like a full megabyte, right? But you have aggressive caching set on Imageify, which is a monthly subscription, right? Or it could be annual as well. Then it could take that one megabyte photo that you didn't optimize on your own, optimize it for you, and now it's maybe half a megabyte or or a quarter of a megabyte, right? So that is not gonna, even though you're lazy loading, those lazy loads will happen faster, if that makes sense, right? So using those two things in conjunction with each other are awesome. And I just realized that I'm showing my API key on screen. <laughs> Which I didn't switch to it, so smart. Ah, nice, nice. Uh, it's like, oh yeah, everyone just use my account. Um, Okay, the other thing we have here is Headline Studio. Now, this used to be called Headline Analyzer by CoSchedule, and it used to be free. And I think there is a free version of it, um, but this is the paid version, and I get like 10 headlines a month, I think, which is pretty low. But uh, it works pretty well, and it's very similar to like I wouldn't say it's an AI generated system. It's definitely not, but you could use AI like Jasper to create your initial headlines if you wanted to, and then sticking them into headline analyzer. And basically what it does is it tells you that you need more power words. It let's just take a, um, here we do here. Let's just use this one. So this was like a YouTube video that I was working on or an article that I was working on for money lab. And I originally put in, this uh, keyword or this headline, which was how to choose a brand name that sticks. And it gave me a headline score of 55 out of 100, which kind of sucks, right? And so it says, increase your power words, increase your emotional words, increase your uncommon words and decrease your common words. So I had a lot of common words, my headline type, my sentiment, like it, it like grades all of these dis different aspects of your headline. And it also has word banks. So it's like, oh, increase your power words. Like what the hell does a power word? Like what, what does that mean? Well, it has an entire bank of words that you can choose to add in those areas. And so what you do is you look at those power words, you look at those emotional words and see how you could fit that in. So the next one I came up with, so it just, you just keep changing the, the thing and reanalyzing it and it keeps giving you new scores and your, and your goal is to just keep making the score higher and higher and higher, right? And so the next one I came up with was how to choose a trusted brand, business brand name. 
And so the word trust it uh, was a, a power word. So I'm like, okay, cool. So one more time, I did how to invent a trusted business brand name. And for some reason, even though nothing really changed besides the word invent, I got a headline score of 75. Now, at the very, very end, the highest one I got was at 76. Now, I could have kept going, but it turns out the word invent is not as powerful as the word pick. So I guess, you know, pick just has a, it's like pick six lotto, I guess. That's like powerful. I don't know. Um, so it came out to how to pick a trusted brand name for your business instead of a business brand name. So um, that's what I ended up going with. So this is an external tool, but they also have a WordPress plugin and they have a Chrome extension. So whichever one you want to use to generate headlines that will actually get clicked and include your keywords, I highly recommend using it because I honestly think it's, it's just super easy to use. And why not? You know, it's like gives you that little extra edge in your headlines. And headlines are the most important thing, especially on the SERPs page, right? SERPs page is, is redundant. Search engine results page, SERPs. Now, the next one, um, and I'm sort of on the fence on this one because it is expensive. Uh, I use, a, I use a, a tool called ClearScope, which I pay $170 a month. Now, as of recording this, that price could change, right? You could listen to this in the future or, you know, whenever, and it could change. But that's more than HREFs, which people are already sort of on the fence about. Like, I don't know, I'm paying 100 bucks a month. This one is a lot harder of a sell. It feels like it does more, but, I mean, does more for, like, it. it I'll explain it. There are other tools that do the same thing. And the other one I want to mention is called Phrase with an F. I mentioned that at the beginning. Phrase is just a little bit cheaper. It does the same thing. You know, it's all using the same um, APIs. Now, on this, so I'm just, I just pulled up an article here on Money Lab and, oh, I didn't create a link report on this one. Well, whatever. Basically what you do is you, is you use ClearScope and you enter the keyword in that you want to rank for, right? Uh, in this case, I ranked for, or I was trying to rank for my uh, main keyword. Where is it? Uh... Brand name, so pretty pretty generic. Now again, I'm not doing SEO very well with Money Lab, but I would type in the word brand name, and it would go out to uh, it'll it'll go out to Google, and it'll find like I think the top 30 results for that particular keyword, and it'll find the common words that are in all of the articles in those top 30 results, right? And then it'll compare those words to what you, the words that you have in your article. And so the goal there is to be like, oh, this, you know, people are using the phrase, you know, maybe, maybe people just use the word Pepsi as examples of a brand name, right? So everyone's using the Pepsi example. And this is, a, and this in and of itself is probably a bad example because it's like, why would you want to use the same examples as somebody else? But maybe, you know, maybe everyone's talking about logos, right? And you are not talking about logos. Well, you probably should talk about logos if everybody else is talking about it and you want to outrank them. So you may want to add a section of your blog posts where you talk about logos when you're talking about a business brand name. And so what it does is it's something that I used to call cousin keywords. And so whenever you whenever you create a, a blog post, it should have a focus keyword, one keyword, 
that you're trying to rank for. You know, in my case, let's just use the word brand name. That's my keyword, right? So you have the you have the word brand name, but there are like hundreds of other keywords that you could end up ranking for that are maybe more long tail, that are longer, that are completely in a different, you know, that maybe it's not brand name, maybe it's just the word business name. And so instead of you going out and pre-researching all of the cousin keywords that you could add to your post to sort of support that you're you're going after this primary keyword, right? What ClearScope does is it finds all of those for you after you've written your content and compares it. And then all you have to do is go in and change some keywords around so that you have, you know, the correct mix of cousin keywords supporting your main primary keyword. That's what it does. Uh, it's an important tool that we've been using for a couple of years. Um, you know, now that like, you know, things are changing with search and AI, it may or may not be as useful. I don't know. Um, but it seems to have given us, give, you know, I, I have no proof, if I'm being honest, if it works, I just feel like it does, you know, so 170 bucks a month just for a good feeling. And I don't know, does it give us a leg up? I think all of the other things I've talked about give us more of a leg up than this tool does, if I'm being honest. But if you want to give it a shot, it's really good if you're working with external writers. But if you're an expert in your industry and you know what you're doing, you know what you're talking about, it's probably not something you need. So I think it's good if you're using external writers who are not in your industry and you're trying to like help them cover the base of like keywords that you should be using in your posts. I think it's useful in that case. But again, a little pricey. Now, the final thing I want to talk about... Which is, a, which is a subject that, you know, I've, I've, I've mentioned on this show before, but I, I use it, uh, is AI. Now, AI is obviously, there's a bunch of stuff that came out that, you know, Google and Bing are now using AI in their search, um, which, you know, I predicted, but it's not, it's, not be, it's not as good as people thought it was gonna be. It was actually pretty bad. And Google's stock uh, dropped by 10% yesterday after they announced this whole thing. I don't know what that means, but... Um, I use it, I use AI to basically act as sort of like a second brain, as a, as a, as a thing to bounce ideas off of, rubber right? Duck. What's that? Rubber duck. What's rubber duck? You never heard that phrase before? No. Uh, they call it, um, it's kind of like, um, so it's basically using an inanimate object to bounce an idea off of it just cause like you saying the thing out loud, it helps you hear it differently so that you can. Oh, interesting. So I, yeah, when I do, uh, when I talk, like whenever I'm masterminding or doing any sort of like brainstorming, I just have to say it out loud. And then I usually end up talking myself into the answer. Yeah, it's rubber ducking. Oh, it's rubber ducking. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a sex thing. Could be. All right. You know, <laughs> rubber sheets, gerbils. No? All right. No, no just me? Sounds all... like a personal. Okay, yeah, no, no, yeah. All right, forget it. Forget I said anything. Uh, <clears throat> Anyway, um, yeah, so I use Jasper as a, like, again, we can use the headline example, right? Uh, there's, with, with Jasper, there's a bunch of templates you can use. And so, like, you can go over to blog and you could say, all right, give me a conclusion paragraph. Maybe I'm struggling with how to end this post. Maybe I'm struggling with how to intro this post. So, you, you know, you'd write something. And then when you click into this, it'll say, like, what's your post title, right? Like, let's just do this one. Here it is. 
Uh, how to choose the perfect brand name for long-term success. And my audience is niche site builders, and I want my tone to be funny because I try to be entertaining. So I'm just going to hit generate and see what this thing cranks out for my intro posts. And I have it set to three, so it'll, it'll generate three different ones. Now, there might be – what I look at, I look at all three, and whatever one I think – sounds the best is what I'll copy and paste and then edit the crap out of it. So it's really just a good way to like, you know, if you want your website to be a roaring success, you know, it's like, I probably wouldn't say that. That's stupid. You know, are you looking to start a business that will last forever? It's like, mm, that's kind of lame. But this one is not too bad. If you're a niche site builder, chances are your brand is one of the most important elements to creating a successful website. So maybe I'm like, okay, that sounds a little bit better. And I can just keep hitting generate, by the way, and just see what else this thing comes out with and start to pick uh, hooks and things that, you know, maybe I couldn't come up with or I had a good idea for a hook. And then I'm going to I'm gonna give it to the computer to see if it can, like, you know, jostle my words around and give me something that's a little bit better. So I use it for that. I also use it for uh, not just headlines and not just, like, intro posts or outro posts, but, like, the biggest thing that I use it for is CTAs or calls to action. So what I like to do in my blog posts is all of my blog posts have some sort of CTA. In, in the case of Money Lab, if you were to go to any of our blog posts there, you will see three CTAs. You'll see one at the top that says, download my cheat sheet for writing the perfect blog post. I have the same one in the middle and I have the same one at the end. But what I like to do in my blog post is create lead and copy to when I'm gonna show that, right? So if I'm writing a, a, an area of the blog post and then the next thing they're gonna see is this like pitch for you know that cheat sheet, I'm gonna write a basically sales copy. And I'm pretty bad at like self-selling or selling myself, right? I, I kinda like have, like I would, ne like it feels as a, I don't know. And maybe this is just from years of being a musician and like, being having the fear of selling out i i just don't like pitching things i don't like selling things so i let the robot do it for me i go here's my product here's what i'm trying to sell or here's my lead magnet here's what i'm trying to get people to you know subscribe it spits out something that i would never write and i'm like okay that's a good start and then i'll edit it down and like you know make kind of make it my own so all of those tools uh i don't think I missed anything. Now with Jasper, uh, you know, there are obviously other ones you could use. There's, you know, a bunch of AI tools out there uh, that you could use for SEO. You know, it's hard to say that that's an SEO tool because, you know, it doesn't do anything technically, right? It's just, it's just writing words. But to me, and I, and I, and I'm, I'm going to have another post about this or another episode about this. I'm trying to coin the term creative SEO, and creative SEO to me is like, all right, is your description and is your headline, let's just start there, are they creative enough and interesting enough to get people to click through on the SERPs, right? So like, for example, I could write a post called like how to come up with a brand name. It's like, okay, the chances of me ranking for that are tough because I'm sure there's a lot of competition for the word brand name or, or anything related to that, right? But if I'm like, what if I come up with something that's really, really creative and interesting and it's like, whoa, that's that headline's different from all these other results. Let me click that one, especially the description as well. And then not only that, but once they click that, 
great. That's going to be a that's going to be a vote for me on Google, right? Because Google's like, wow, someone typed in the word brand name, and the tenth result is seems to be getting the highest click through rate. Let's move the tenth result up, which is me, by the way. Move the tenth result up, and now my job is to hook them, right? Because Google keeps track of what's called pogo sticking. So if somebody Google's a phrase, clicks on a result, goes to the page, and then hits the back button to go back to Google to click another result because they didn't get what they wanted from the first one, that's called pogo sticking, and that's a negative point against you, right? Whether this is actually like legit stuff, it's just what I've been taught, and it makes total sense that they would track that. So what my goal is is to basically go, all right, one, I have to get a high click-through rate, which is the same on YouTube, right? So if you're, you know, your thumbnail and your titles make the most sense. And then, and in this case for SERPs, it's title and description. Once they click through, now I have to hook them, which is exactly the same thing on YouTube as well. Like once you click the video, I better deliver on the first sentence, right? And just like with good copywriting, the first sentence should catch your attention and make you want to read the second sentence. And the second sentence should make you want to read the third sentence, so on and so forth, right? And so that to me is creative SEO. It's not technical. It's not like cramming a bunch of freaking keywords into a post. It's how can I create copy and that, that actually gets people to click through from the results page to, and stay on my blog posts. That's it. That's all I got. Um, those are the tools. I probably should add Rank Math and Yoast to this list. So there's seven tools. Um, and yeah, is there anything else that I missed? You don't know. Why would right. I? Not, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, but those are the tools I use every day for SEO. Um, that's what my team uses to, to create content on Swim University. Um, and yeah. So if you guys have any questions, please, obviously, you can leave a comment. You could you could leave a review. You could just email me, matt at moneylab.co. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Givanisi if you can spell it. And that's it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And I'll see you in the next one.